This morning, as a Thanksgiving Sunday, um, I actually want to talk about Thanksgiving. What does the scripture have to say about Thanksgiving? Last time I did this, years, about 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I always found something else to talk about. It's kind of funny. Had a series I was in, or we had guest speakers. I was looking back thinking, really? Really? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. So today, I want us to focus on what God's word says about Thanksgiving and see if it will penetrate your heart. This first video clip is kind of a, well, hopefully you'll get it. So if we can have the lights out, sound up, Simon, lights out, that'd be great. Here we go. I hate when my phone charger won't reach my bed. I hate when my little seats aren't heated. When I go to the bathroom and I forget my phone. Let me tell you the machine at Avia, you come and see something. I hate it when my house is so big, I need two wireless waters. When my milk gun makes my hot water taste too cold. When I have to write my maid a check, but I forget her last name. I have to write my maid a check, but I forget her last name. I have to write my maid a check, but I hate it when I tell them no pickles, and they still give me pickles. Does he even know what a pickle is? They're told what to say. Folks, we are filthy rich in this country. Filthy rich. Let me give you a comparison to 300 years ago. Some people say the world's getting worse. I beg to differ. I believe the world is getting better and better. And if you live by the newspaper and CNN, you're in big trouble. Because all you're getting is the crap. All you're feeding your brain with is the fear, the greed. News is helpful, yes. But when you live by it and judge your end times theology by headlines, you're in deep trouble. I'm judging my end times theology by the word of God instead and through church history. And I've seen some things that will make your mind go, what? But we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. The world is getting better. 300 years ago, were there castles that people lived in? And were there potentially kings in palaces? And did they have running water and latrines and, and, and wonderful servants bringing their nice little silver and wheeled on greased oiled metal wheels and, and their trays and their, they got everything there, the hot water, the steamers, the espresso makers. Did they have all that? What kind of beds did they sleep on? Hay? Straw? These were kings and queens and princes. These are the ones who were top echelons of society. You're already living much, much better than all of them throughout history. And that was only two, three hundred years ago. The world of medicine has increased. Discoveries have been made, are being made, and will be made. It's getting better. In fact, it was the church that began the medical movement into other countries, began establishing hospitals. It was the bride of Christ. 
It was the bride of Christ that began the heartbeat for arts, drawing, drama. And now we think, oh, the world is taking it over. Oh, well, but Jesus is coming back soon, so I'll be out of here. <laughs> what kind of defeatist mentality is that? How about be thankful that you are where you are? Be thankful for what you do have. Now, I know a lot of your parents want your teenagers to see that clip because that really strikes a chord <laughs> for all the whining. In fact, uh, we had a hilarious moment. Um, we were, uh, what show was it? It was <sighs> the Wi-Fi's out. Which one was that, Avery? Despicable. Despicable Me. Yes, we're watching Despicable Me and our Wi-Fi went out. And Simon yelled, Kevin, the Wi-Fi's out. <laughs> if you know the movie, that's the line in the movie. It was really funny, because Kevin was actually, yeah. You want me to tell it? No, story? no, my, <laughs> my version's better. I embellish. <laughs> anyway, being thankful for those kinds of things. I find it funny that in Elmira, we've had a number of storms. I haven't been there for all of them, but for the times there are storms and power goes out, trees are down and everybody's out walking. There's no Wi-Fi. There's, there's no electricity. There's no TVs. They're outside. Oh, you live next door to me? You know, that happens. Being thankful is really important. So today, Thanksgiving versus Thanksgiving or taking. I think our culture is more focused on saying thanks, but I'm going to keep it. Or thanks, I'll take more. Thanks, as long as my needs plus more are being met, I'll be happy. Maybe. But there's a sense of greed in our society. It's not about thanksgiving. It's about thanks taking and keeping, not giving. Every connection with Christ has led to giving. Every single encounter in Scripture with Jesus that has been positive has always yielded in thanksgiving. Every healing, thanks. Miracle, thanks. Sometimes, not, sometimes they didn't thank, but that didn't stop Jesus from loving on them. He rises above that. The Old Testament is filled with thank offerings all through. In fact, stone altars were built as remembrance and thankfulness. One of, the, one of the biggies was when they crossed the Red Sea. They built an altar to remember this time. Later on, they crossed another mini river versus the lake, the Red Sea. They crossed the Jordan River. And what did they do? Place 12 huge stones as a reminder to point back, God did this. We have days of celebration. The Jewish culture is filled with celebration and partying. They are not introverted. <laughs> they are expressive in their culture. They party, they dance, they sing, they, they experience connection. There are a lot of cultures outside of the English world that know how to celebrate and party. They're not inhibited like we are. <laughs> very interesting. Right, Melissa? Yes. From down Brazil. They know how to party down there. Remembrance and Thanksgiving. Do we remember? Do we have moments where we remember what God has done for us? Sometimes uh, 
People put a plaque on a wall to remind them of a, a great event or a monument that goes up to remember a special thing that has happened, usually as a way to remember, not forget, but also to give thanks. There's sad stories in the scriptures of forgetfulness, as in forgetting that God had already blessed them and had been taking care of them. If you do a run through the Old Testament, if you read it like a novel sometime, I've encouraged you guys to do that for the last 12 years. Um, Some of you have done that occasionally. And you you quickly find that as you read it, you're going to find God's mercy so amazing in the Old Testament because you have these whiny Israelites, I want more water, I want meat. Then then they they just get all bad. and, And then God blesses them. And then they go, thank you, thank you. It's for God. I want. I want this. I want more. And it's like the pattern is like this constantly. And I see a pattern of God's mercy that is so profound. It needs to remind us that He is merciful. And today I want the scriptures to speak to you. Old Testament Thanksgiving, First Chronicles twenty three thirty said they were also to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord. Every morning. We only do this once a week for like 10 minutes. All right. They were to do the same thing in the evening. What? Then Hezekiah said, You have now dedicated yourselves to the Lord. Come and bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the temple of the Lord. So the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings. And listen to this. And all those whose hearts were willing brought burnt offerings. There was a, uh, an overwhelming sense of thanksgiving that was uh, burned into them. That they, their whole being was thankful. They're overjoyed with their attitudes and they, just, they were living in response to what God had done. And then later on it says, Then he restored the altar of the Lord, sacrificed fellowship offerings and thank offerings on it, and told Judah to serve the Lord, the God of Israel. By the way, there's not a single word of tithe here. This has nothing to do with tithes and offerings. Okay? Just in case you're wondering. This is all about being thankful. Psalm 50. Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. He who sacrifices thank offering honors me, and he prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. These are old covenant ideas. It was, they were commanded to give thanks. And when they did, they partied. They enjoyed. They celebrated. Because, well, if, if they, for a moment they did not want to, please listen to this. This might do you some good. If they did not feel like thanking, I don't want to go do sacrifice today. But we have to. And as they are going, as their body obeys the command within them, they go and their hearts begin to change and the willingness level starts to uh, grow in them. And when they arrive... They want to. Funny how that works. Next. Psalm 100 verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. There is good news. Reasons to be thankful. Thanksgiving in the New Testament. Colossians 3.17. We're going to read in two translations. And let the, instead of just that verse, I had to pull some context in because there's so much meat and potatoes in some of this context. I don't know if I'll finish today. Oh well. It's good stuff. Listen carefully. And let the peace that comes from Christ... 
There's the key. Let the peace that comes from Christ, not your own, not where you go, hum, I'm peaceful, hum, and you create your own, that's not peace. That's calmed down. Very different. This is the peace that comes from Christ. Let it rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. Wow. And always be thankful. That's a tough one for all of us to always be thankful because there's a big but that comes in once in a while. Yeah, but this is going on. How can I be thankful in this? Uh, some people misquote that and say, how can I be thankful for that? Well, if you can't handle that question, then you need to move back and just be thankful to him. There's a difference. Being thankful to Christ, if you don't have the ability to be thankful for your circumstance, because that is not always easy, especially when things are really tragic. And I'm not talking about joy boys who go around and go, Ooh, praise the Lord, I was in a car accident. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's a bit strange, you know. Some people do that. And I have to be careful not to knock them because their heart really wants to. But it just seems like a fake Christianity. And I have a hard time with that. I want more authentic, real thanksgiving. Reach our own journeys. But it gets better. We're told to always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all of its riches fill your lives. Do you even know the message? What is the message? What is the gospel to you? It's a great question. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Wow, everything we do, we live as representatives. I, uh, I've been studying the word apostle and what the word apostle means. And uh, it's an old Roman type of um, idea where the apostle goes in and they're sent by the government uh, not to declare anything because they have people that go in as representatives and declare, okay, you guys are taking over now. You're prisoners, you know, those guys. And then you have somebody else who comes in later and they apostolize the community. And what they're doing is they're culturing, culturing them. They're bringing with them the stuff of their culture, the music, the arts, the teaching, the philosophy, and they make them, as an apostle, they're trying to show the motherland or the homeland that, that whole culture and belief system, bring it to a community and brainwash them. That's, what that's, that's the essence of what an apostle does. So I find it funny when I see all these Facebook people who want to be friends. My name is Apostle so-and-so. Really? Is that really what you are? Do you even know what the word means? Um, it's, it's pretty interesting, especially when you get emails from all kinds of countries, India, Pakistan, Africa. I get them every single week. Ask Jen. It's nuts how many requests we get to be connected. You know, Prophet so-and-so wants to meet with me. Uh, they, they want me to come and teach in India. Oh, my goodness. So anyway, we are called as wherever we are. We are to be representatives. We are the light. We are the salt of the earth. Be it. And it comes out in thankfulness. When we are thankful for whatever we're doing, it comes out. One of the, one of the neatest examples is Diane Martin. I know I'm going to embarrass her for a moment. She walks into this place with tremendous thankfulness, especially every Thursday morning. 
And she loves on people. And the people know her now. And they say, where's, when she's not there, where's Diane? Where's the cookies? So, so I don't know which one they're really after. But, but she has an attitude of thanksgiving. There are some people that say they're believers. And you don't want to get anywhere close to them. They're prickly. Like, really prickly. So you wonder. You wonder why you're having a hard time? Look at what your lens could be sending out. What representation are you giving out? These are good questions. Here it comes from the message. I love this. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other. Ooh, I love that line. It has to be the peace of Christ keeping us in tune with each other. You and I can't do it. We can't force it. But all of us are to keep our eyes and ears peeled on Jesus, who will reveal peace to us, and then we connect with each other. It's not us manufacturing anything. It's all about being connected. And it goes on. In keeping, uh, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. I find that interesting. And cultivate thankfulness. That's cool. I like the way he says that. Cultivate thankfulness. Because that's not built into every culture. Our culture is not about thankfulness. It's about surviving, keeping, and making sure our group's fine. It's very self-centered. Next. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says, Always be joyful. Keep on praying no matter what happens. Always be thankful. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So we've just been told a couple things that are really annoying. It is. Listen. Be, always be joyful? Is that even possible? Yes, it is. Is it easy? No. But let me tell you, if you think joy and happiness are the same thing, you're in trouble. Happen, happiness comes from happenings. Your circumstances. Joy is an internal state. It is something that comes from within. To always be joyful? You can be joyful in the most difficult circumstances. There still can be a joy there. It may not be joy for your circumstance, but definitely joy for someone that is greater and rises above your circumstance. Was that for me? Oh, okay, fine. No, it's okay, I don't need any. The message says this, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you to belong to Christ. This idea of praying, do you know why we're called to pray? Not to make God do stuff. I used to teach prayer conferences and I was really good at it. Man, I had the list there. I, they were eating out of my hand. because It was good. I had the perfect to-do list. That's not why he wants us to pray. Prayer is for our benefit. So that we may enter into the experience of what he's already doing and become participants in it. Where somebody could say, I'll pick on Diane for a minute, because she's just looking up here all intently going, yes, preach it. <laughs> Shoot, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so Diane could be praying for somebody uh, that's been coming to the mall every week. And uh, she says, Lord, I pray that this person will give their hearts to Christ. And then that person sits down and has a chat with her. And then she actually participates in a prayer with that person. The person believes in Jesus. She could say, Ha! 
I led this person to Christ. There's some sliver of truth to that, but it's not true. Jesus brought that person to, them, to himself using Diane, giving her a heartbeat for that person, praying for that person, and she was able to experience the whole journey, and it wasn't about her prayer. I was having a fun chat with Stefan um, last week. We were talking about prayer and, and how in some circles, and I grew up with this, you know, we, we get people to, together to pray for a sick person. Oh, Lord, heal them, heal them, heal them, heal them. And we need more people. Oh, no, wait a minute. Let's go on Facebook. We need more people. And then you, you, more people pray. Share, 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 share. Oh, it's silly sharing. And if you don't, God doesn't love you. You know that kind of one? <laughs> All that stuff does what? It makes it a performance-based prayer. You're trying to manipulate God because you're trying to get not just 100 because he really had 102 in mind, but you're trying to get 100. Oh, you fell short. So let's, let's get 150 then, just in case. And we, we keep trying to up the ante and do the self-made prayer with a good heart. You really mean well. You mean well. But if the Lord is calling you to pray, do you have the power of Christ in you as your prayer? Yes or no? Is he not big enough and all you need to answer that prayer? Great. So the next time you ask somebody to pray with you, it's an invitation. This is going on in my life. Will you pray with me? Instead of, we need more people to pray. Oh, who's going to win this next election? We need more people to pray. Really? It's like me asking God to help the Jays win today. <laughs> Just like Texas. There, there are probably more believers in Texas than there are in, in, this, in, in Ontario. So, pff, sucks for us. They have more people praying. So, who's going to win? Well, the answer is this. God's going to sit back and watch a really good game. <laughs> Do you understand the manipulation of prayer? We've all been guilty of it, or most of us have been. But that's not what prayer is for. Prayer is to enter into Him and wake up to the experience of His life in us. It's for our benefit. Pray at all times. That's why we pray. While we drive. Open your eyes when you pray when you drive. It helps. <laughs> And no matter what happens, always be thankful. Again, in your authentic way, you thank God for whatever circumstance you're in. If it's a difficult one, Father, I'm thankful for you that you were in charge of this terrible thing that just happened. Please, be peace to everyone involved. And, and that kind of a prayer is a powerful prayer. But listen to the Spirit in you. The Spirit will pray the words. You can relax. And when you don't know what to say, pull an Eldon. You go, for that person. That's it. That's, that's a great prayer. One of the most powerful prayers because there are times we don't know what to say. But, <laughs> do you know who you are? The Spirit of Christ in you, the Holy Spirit, will pray when we don't have words. And all it sounds like is groans and grunts like, mm, mm, all that all the emotions that come from pain, sorrow, agony, strife, can't say enough. You just 
trying, trying, trying. And that's when the Holy Spirit does it for you. It's okay. He still hears you. Man, we got a good God. <laughs> really good. Ephesians 5. So be careful how you live. Not as fools, but as those who are wise. There you go, trying to tell me what to do again. I thought we are under grace. We don't have rules. Folks, the New Testament is not full of laws. They are full of commands. Very different. Laws are based on consequences. You break this, you pay for this later. Okay? Commands are there to help and guide you. It's for your benefit. It's like wearing dirty clothes at a very, very nice place. It doesn't look good on you. You're not designed to dress a certain way as far as your behavior is concerned. And so when you do, he's saying, stop it. Don't live like fools. Live like how you're created. Holy people. Blameless. Live godly and quiet lives. What? Now it makes sense. It's not a law. It's an encouragement command to you to speak to your heart because when you do follow through, you will benefit from it. And those that are stubborn, let the Holy Spirit soften your heart. Some people don't like to be told what to do. Those are the ones who have to learn submission the most. They've seen the word submit as a sinful word or bad word, swear word, when really it is the essence of Christ. Christ submitted to us. And we are to submit one to another. It's a gift. It's what we're designed for and be thankful for. It gets better. Make the most out of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Hello? Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill you and control you. Then you will sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, and you will always give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's great wisdom in being thankful. That's what today's about. I know it's only one day a year, but come on. There's so many good verses on encouragement to be thankful. Let's get into Hebrews 12 from the message. It says this, do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleaning house, torching all the needs that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is fire. Is God fire? Yes, he's a consuming fire. God's fire. References to fire in scripture. Fire, lakes, fire. Oh, maybe we have some thinking to do what fire is. Maybe there are other ways to see the scriptures, what it says about fire, and how much more hope there is. That's all I'll say on that for now because I'll teach on hell later. I will. I'm going I'm to teach on hell before Christmas, I hope, because that was one of the big topics uh, that came up with, with all the requests. But, you know, yeah, so anyway, Philippians 4. 
always be joyful, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. What do people see? Do they see you as a thankful, considerate person or a greedy taker, a complainer, a crabber? What is it? (laughs) Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Thank him. Then you will experience God's peace. For some people, this is going to be the best advice this morning. If you're walking through really difficult things, high stress, worry, 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 here is a prescription for you today. Go and thank God for everything you can think of. And according to this verse, you will experience peace. I'm not calling it out. He said it. Not me. You want a little bit of a method? Fine. Use that. He will speak to your heart. Because when you start to give thanks, you become thankful, your eyes have to be off of your complaining. There's no way to complain and be thankful at the same time. Just think about it. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Do you see the hope? Do you see the encouragement so far? Do you see a pattern here? It's pretty amazing. Ten lepers. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus! Master! Hey! Have mercy on us! He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And they went. Their leprosy disappeared. One of them. How many were there? Ten. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God, I'm healed. That's called thanking. Just in case you weren't sure. He fell face down on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Does, this only, does, does only this foreigner return to give glory to God? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Wow. You know what it doesn't say? Because some people have thought, well, does that mean the other nine weren't healed? It doesn't say that at all. Looks like they were healed. One was thankful. Very interesting. And the least religious one of them all, the Samaritan. Take a look at this from the Life Application Commentary. Only the thankful man, however, learned that faith played a role in his healing. And only grateful Christians grow in understanding God's grace. God does not demand that his people thank him, but is pleased when they do so. He uses their responsiveness to teach them more about himself. (laughs) The benefit is for you. That's why you're to be thankful. It's for your good. Not to you know, have somebody say, you must do this. Those days are done. But instead, these commands are designed to grow you, help you, shape you as you mature. Um, there used to be a restaurant in uh, uh, Cambridge called the Naughty Pine. Uh, do you guys remember that one? 
And they had these little cards on the table all the time, and I finally found the poem uh, that was in that card. And it's kind of a neat wake-up call to you and I. If you think it's corny, too bad. I, I think it's, it still gives a message. And let's see what it says. It says, The world is mine. Today upon a bus I saw a girl with golden hair. She seemed so happy I envied her and wished that I were half so fair. I watched her as she rose to leave and saw her hobble down the aisle. She had one leg and wore a crutch, but as she passed, a smile. Oh God, forgive me when I whine. I have two legs. The world is mine. Later on, I bought some sweets. The boy who sold them had such charm. I thought I'd stop and talk a while. If I were late, it would do no harm. And as I talked, he said, thank you, sir. You've really been so kind. It's nice to talk to folks like you because, you see, I'm blind. Oh God. Forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes. The world is mine. Later, walking down the street, I met a boy with eyes so blue. But he stood and watched the others play. It seemed he knew not what to do. I paused, and then I said, Hey, why don't you join the others, dear? But he looked straight ahead without a word, and then I knew he couldn't hear. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears, the world is mine. Two legs to take me where I go, two eyes to see the sunsets glow, two ears to hear all I should. Oh God, forgive me when I whine. I'm blessed. Indeed, the world is mine. I thought it was cool. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us this world, it is your kingdom. You've called us to live as kings and queens. Teach us what that means. Teach us how to walk victoriously. Teach us how to shape our minds, train our minds to think your thoughts, to walk in thanksgiving, to see complaining and whining become less and less and less. Change our hearts and our minds so that we may change others around us and become the ambassadors the apostles that you've called us to. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.